caring too much can almost get in the way of business success. A lot of entrepreneurs have addictive personalities and my addiction is business. We chase the high of whatever it is that we're addicted to. And in my case, I'm addicted to building businesses, growing businesses and succeeding. Running a business and being successful and like, you kind of just got to lay it all on the line and go hard and then have some time where you're dedicating almost every waking minute to this. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Amanda Vinat on from Maven and out of New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And you've worked for other roofing companies, you've worked for other types of companies. And we're talking about when is it time to go out on your own? Could we get the one minute version of kind of your backstory real quick? And we'll talk a little bit more in depth as the podcast goes on. Oh, one minute. Sure. So graduated college in 2010, worked in human resources consulting from 2010 until 2018. From 2016 to 18, I focused on military hiring, had my own business, sold that business, reinvested the profit into a retail store. That closed because of COVID in 2020, and I needed to make money because I was having a second baby, and I didn't want to go into the medical space, so I went into construction. I did that for two and a half years. I left that company in 2023 in January. Unexpectedly, that's a whole other story. I then went to work for Contractor Dynamics for about eight weeks, and I kept having people tell me, hey, you really should just start your own roofing company. So I loved my time at CD, but uh, the whole corporate feel for me, I left that in the past when I left HR consulting and I really just wanted to start my own roofing company. Mm. So I dove right in and here I am. All right. That's why well, I know we're going to be talking more about it because this topic of when to start on your own, here's, here's my quick synopsis of like the decision tree is usually like when people ask me about that they should go out on their own, it's usually like probably not. Like I just cannot in good conscience pretend like most people are going to excel as a business owner. And I know, Amanda, that you're not most people, but it is no matter what, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like Elon Musk calls like entrepreneurship, he said it's something like, chewing on glass and staring into the abyss or something like that. Like it's dramatic, but it kind of just, it communicates this point that it's not as easy as one might believe. And I, my last little story on that is I was, my 15 year old niece came into the office last week and we were going around to each one of the specialists and they're like, I design, I drag things around and make colors. I, I code, I do ads. I, Right. You know, we were going around to each of the people and giving them a one minute version. And then I was like, which one do you want to do? Which, and I was like asking the other people on my team, like, which one's the most desirable job here? If you had to guess. And they're like, and someone said yours. And I'm like, God, I am not being transparent enough about how difficult it is to run a business. And I, yeah, I just want to be transparent to people. Cause I just never want to make it seem like it's easy. I feel like that's false basically. A hundred percent. And it is not easy. And if you've never done it before, starting a roofing company is probably not the right company to start if it's your first business ever, just mm -hmm. to be completely honest with people. Why do you feel that way? Why do you think it's a very, like, why do you think it's particularly difficult out of all the businesses? 
So I'm speaking from experience in New Jersey, and I have had several businesses completely unrelated to construction in New Jersey, and I've never felt the level of stress in starting the businesses, those previous businesses, like I felt with starting Maven. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, with Maven, because it's a construction company, we obviously have to get licensed. So that's a process, you know, that's a process in and of itself, which can take way more time than you think it will. So if you're mm -hmm. trying to start a roofing company in New Jersey, I would say don't plan to start selling for at least 12 weeks after you start your business because you have to get your insurance, you have to get your um, your home improvement contractor's registration. There is legislation right now pending for the state of New Jersey where it's going to go to a written test, just like many other states in the country. Right now, it's just an application. You basically have to uh, fill out your paperwork properly and have business registration and business insurance, and then you can become a contractor for the, you know for the state in, or in the state of New Jersey. Hmm. That sounds simple, but it's not because at the same time you have to do everything else in the background. You have to write your standard operating procedures. You have to put all of your budgeting together. If you were coming from the sales environment in the roofing space, you only saw you know, the fun part of, of the business. You didn't see, a lot of times you didn't even see the production, what goes on behind the scenes in terms of building relationships with suppliers, um, putting, putting material pricing lists together. Like all of that took so much time and it was so stressful that everything sort of just compounded in terms of um, hitting at the same time. So you need to be the type of person that can manage multiple types of projects and tasks at one time and not get overwhelmed and not say, that's it, I'm quitting. Um, so you need to know that about yourself. If you are not that type of person that can handle things just flying at you from all directions and, and having um, multiple, multiple priorities being due at the same time in the same week, sometimes even the same day, you need to have somebody running alongside you, almost like a business consultant that, that can handle that for you. Um, the other thing I find with the roofing community is a lot of people think that they're going to be really good business owners because they're really good roofers or they're really good salespeople. And what you said before, Tim, was so true. Elon Musk says you have to, well, what you said he said, I don't know if that's actually what he said, but you, it's like you're chewing glass and staring off in the abyss. That's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurship is exciting. It's demanding. It's scary. Uh, it's late nights, it's early mornings, it is ostracizing your family, it's ostracizing your friends. Because if you want to be successful, you have to have the desire to go all in. And some people really don't have that desire and then they get stuck at $300,000 a year. And maybe, you know, as a solo, um, a solo pr practitioner who is putting the roof on, selling the roofs, uh, handling, handling all of the production, maybe $300,000 a year in revenue is fine. But for me, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, I'm a business builder. I already have three people on my team and we've only been in business for two months. So you have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to put money on the line and honestly be willing to lose it all. I agree 100%. I. 
I know that there's people that want to do the entrepreneurship thing. I, I've I've heard from people, and I don't know if this is true, but like as a roofing, uh, like somebody who's been putting on roofs, in a way there's a benefit that you're a little less emotional, whereas roofing salespeople tend to be a little bit more emotional. And um, that might be a particularly spicy topic because you're a female and like people that might accuse you occasionally of being emotional or something like that. I but think like, people think I'm not emotional enough, but that's oh, all, okay, another okay. another well, topic. There you go. That's that's for another podcast. Um, but that idea of the like, I have looked at a, a roofing owner who came from getting like doing the work himself. He came at from he was an actual you know shingler, right? And he was answering the phone and somebody was demanding money back and just screaming at him. And like, he was calm and relaxed and like collected. And like, I, that, that is the moment that sticks out to me because I've thought about being a roofing business owner, but I, it's literally like, because we have, we probably have less customers. I'm not saying we never have customer service issues. We certainly do. And I have to work through those. But like, I don't have people screaming at me on the phone, like, you know, so I just, that's the one thing I don't know if I could ever do. Like, that's something mm -hmm. that comes, I'm guessing you've had some of that stuff being a salesperson and as a salesperson, because you did, you've done over 2 million in sales in a year, correct? When I left my previous company, I hit 3.5 million in the last yeah. 12 months. That's incredible. So like, usually if you're in that position, right, like there are customer service things that come through. Oh, 100%. And sometimes those like, it, it's got to wear on you a little bit. I feel like if you're a little less emotional, that's got to help is what I'm really trying to get at. So I'm emotional when it comes to the people who work for me and my customers, like caring about my customers. That's sort of where my emotion lies. Um, I'm the type of leader and business owner and salesperson who wants to do everything, excuse me, everything right for the people around me. But then I go into sometimes business mode when I have to, and you know, I'll, I'll put, I'll take the emotion out of it because if I don't shut that part off of me, I care too much mm. and caring too much can almost get in the way of business success. So in some cases I'm like over caring and very emotional. And then other cases I can come off as cold. Um, and I know that about myself. And that's something that I think generally people who are business owners have to be aware of is in what cases they need to be on in certain ways. And then in other cases when they have to sort of dial back certain personality traits of, that they possess. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's like we have to like ramp ourselves up like as business, like you're saying, like it's an all in proposition, running a business and being successful. And like, you kind of just got to lay it all on the line and go hard and then have some time where you're dedicating almost every waking minute to this, right? And, yeah. and for some, for me, it was like seven, eight years in a row where it was literally like that. And I, and I'm a very passionate person. I probably did a lot of the thing, a lot of things I didn't have to do, but I did them because I liked it. You know, I like yeah. it. I still do a lot of stuff that I don't have to do because I like it. But then the, there's this other, the negative side of it is you do sacrifice so many things. And what I find too now, it's really important because I want a life outside of business, which you, you find yourself like, kind of like 
all right, I see some success happening or something like that as time goes on. And I, I'm guessing this happens for salespeople too. So I feel like this is probably something you've experienced, but like you find yourself kind of like, and what else? If I am successful, what else do I get? Like, like right, I, want, what's next? I, want, I want my relaxation to be good too. I want my, and that's where I'm realizing I have to figure out how to stop ruminating after work. Like I have to figure out how to turn, like you said, turn it off when I'm dealing with personal things or I've got other things. Cause you, I can't just be on level 10, like at 8 PM when I'm like hanging out with my baby, you know what I mean? Like that's a weird, right. Yeah. How, how to stop thinking about all that business stuff. And that's, that's something that's a personal challenge that I'm trying to work through right now. It's time you rethink roofing. Okay, so Refresh, Repair, Restore is not just spraying oil on a roof and rejuvenating the roof. We go in and we soft wash the roof. We have to get rid of that algae because that algae actually takes root in your shingles and is tearing your uh, shingle apart on a micro level. So we clean that roof, we get it spotless. We do the necessary repairs that need to be done to your roof and then we rejuvenate it and bring it back to life. Make repairs profitable off of rejuvenation, uglyroof.com. I think that's something very unique to parents with young children because I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and I have to constantly remind myself that my business really is not my main priority. Mm -hmm. uh, my children really should be my main priority and sometimes I struggle with that. Actually, I struggle with that 100% of the time, let's yeah, be real. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a super maternal person, so yeah. I almost have to... I almost have to force myself into that mom role because I could very easily work from 6.30 in the morning until midnight if I let myself. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I thrive on it. It yeah. is like a high for me. Um, I chase the challenge. I love the challenge. I don't love the stress. Nobody really loves the stress, but I do love a degree of stress because that constantly makes me feel like I am in motion. You know, mm -hmm. so there's there's good stress, there's positive stress, and then there's bad stress and negative stress. Um, and that's really that's where science, by the way. that's backed by science. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And that type of stress can really alter your brain. And there's definitely times over the last couple of years, uh, not even as a business owner, but as a salesperson where my brain was being negatively affected because yeah. I was working so much. And I was stressing myself out because I constantly wanted to succeed more. When mm. I hit when I hit a million in sales before, uh, I think I hit a million in sales my first year um, before six months. When I hit that, I was like, "Well, if I could do that in six months, what can I do? When? How much sooner can I hit my next million?" And then when once I hit my second million, I was like, "Okay." If I hit my second million in four months, can I hit my third million in three months? And it was constantly pushing myself mm -hmm. to succeed against my previous successes. Yeah. And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you, Tim, because I know a little bit about your personal background. But a lot of entre entrepreneurs have addictive personalities. And my yeah. addiction yeah. is business. Yeah. I drink occasionally, whatever, never touch drugs in my life. And if I did, I probably would have been addicted to drugs mm. because we chase the high of 
whatever it is that we're addicted to. And mm -hmm. in my case, I'm addicted to building businesses, growing businesses and succeeding. And yeah. other people, you know, choose their addictions differently. And I think that's why there is a very high degree of addiction in our industry because Ooh. it's the thrill of the chase. Oh, 100%. And I, so I've been really reading, like I've been enjoying this book, 10X is easier than 2X. And it's by, I don't know if you've heard of Gap in the Gain or Who Not How. Have you heard of those? They're basically- No, that's new for me. They're leadership books. They're very, very good. The probably Gap in the Gain would be the one out of the three that I'd suggest. It's, um, it's basically, that one's about like focusing on wins instead of focusing on how far you are from the big vision and goal, which is something entrepreneurs end up, it's a trap a little bit, like always having the bigger vision, but we got to do it. We got to have it. Yeah. But we also have to measure ourselves backwards is basically the point of that book, which oh. I think is really, really good and measuring. And the truth is, so we just hit 10 X what our first year was. So it was like 340 or something or three fifty. K and it was just me and my wife and then we just hit like three point we're hitting three point five. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's a you know a little different than roofing because we have lower cost of goods. So I like to think of it as like kind of like twice. So it'd be like a seven million dollar roofing company if you can kind of place us in that. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, but there's what I like about what he talks about is how important as a leader and I, I think it's true as a salesperson too but it becomes more important as like a leader of an organization to do the withdrawing for a period to because we're talking about basically like neurotically pursuing work and in sales to the point where it's it's a super fun game and it and it hits but then like at a certain point, like let's say Friday night and Saturday night, Sunday, where we should probably take some time off, right? Like it's it's good to take time off or whatever, however much you, you think. Like I've, I've been a 70 hour plus guy for seven, eight years, but I'm trying to disconnect from that identity because I don't yeah. know if that's, there's a certain point when you can't, when that kind of thing isn't what gets the big returns anymore. Like my productivity doesn't just get the big return. My good decision-making gets a bigger return now than the productivity. Yes. Cause if I, if I'm super, super productive, I'm often like avoiding decisions like now as a leader of a bunch of people. So, and I, and hit the idea of the 10 X is, um, easier than two X is essentially like, if you really had to go 10 X, like he's saying, if I had to go 10 X again from 3.5 to 35 million, then I would probably have to do things wildly different than I, not just more of what I'm doing now, but wildly different. I'd have to chop. He says that essentially chop the 80% and go, go towards the 20% most effective. And for me, that's like partnerships and stuff like, right. And, and referrals and st like stuff like that. So, um, I am off on a tangent. I'll wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> I really like this book. I just finished it. I always, whenever I finish a book, I'm always like, I want to talk about it all the time because I thought it was such a good book. And, um, but I, I really am talking about this idea of like withdrawing and not getting too neurotic about the peer pursuit of productivity and the peer pursuit of just like 
Like yeah, happy. always being on. Yeah, and then he basically says like, "There's a genius. Like you're more likely to hit your genius level if you do withdraw and you get a kind of a like a 500 foot view, and then you come back." So like mm -hmm. whenever I whenever I have a real Saturday and Sunday off, and then I come back on Monday and I'm like stoked out of my mind to be at work. Whether that's like five hours for you or three days or whatever, but like actually taking really good time off without ruminating on work and then I come back to work, I have so much better work. So I think ultimately, even though it's not drugs and alcohol for me now, I still think I need to have that withdrawal period and then the, mm. the, the comeback. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that um, in that exact regard, but... Let me, talk, me. let me ask you about your lead gen stuff. So this podcast, we're often talking about leads. Yeah. I love doing a lot of effort so that I don't have to be scared that my business is going to shrink. It sounds like you've done a good amount of like a lot of business development, but it's some lead gen for yourself um, and your previous role. And now what are you guys doing for your lead? Gen? What What is the plan going forward for lead gen? What are you guys doing? Why are you confident that you're able to create this amount of business to support um, the folks? So I feel like I have something to prove to the industry because yeah. uh, I was often the person in these roofing communities on Facebook saying, I'm doing my own lead generation and never having to pay a dollar to generate those leads. And now being my own business owner, I feel like I need to prove that what I did at, in the past as a salesperson working for a 42 year old roofing company can work. And so far mm -hmm. it is working. So what I've sort of always hounded home to people is that social media really does work and you need to work it. Mm -hmm. So what I have done since 2017 with a previous business, by the way, completely unrelated to construction, was I started a Facebook community for local moms here in Morris County, New Jersey. And we had 10 moms on day one and now almost, gosh, seven, six years, I can't do math, six years later, uh, later this June will be six years, we have 8,000 members. Incredible. So you can imagine where a lot of my leads come from. It's moms through- Moms by roofs, by the way, I hear. What is that? said moms by roofs I hear. A hundred percent. Yes. 80, 80% 80 of my clients, like the decision makers are, are women. Mm -hmm. um, they're moms and I might not actually meet with them. They might have their husbands or a spouse or, you know, somebody else meet with me, but ultimately they're the ones that are influencing the decisions. Mm -hmm to do it now, do it later, you know, should we do our $14,000 roof this year or should we do our $40,000 kitchen renovation? So yeah. those are some, some of those objections that I have to handle, even if that person's not in front of me. Yeah. Um, color, you know, people say it all the time, almost in jest, like women pick color, but women do pick color. A lot of times it comes down to having sample boards in your car and mm -hmm. showing them full samples of the shingles, not just pointing to your, you know, your iPad or your brochure saying, Hey, this is charcoal and this is onyx. What's um, your being favorite able color to... right now, by the way. What's my favorite color? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I'm actually really excited about Midnight Plum from oh, Owens Burning. I really like that one. That looks good. Yeah. So I'm, 
I'm doing a project on the 12th, on June 12th, and these people are torn between Pewter Gray from GIF or uh, Midnight Plum with Owens Corning. And I really want them to do OC Midnight Plum because it's going to be my first one of those colors and it, it looks so pretty. I just feel like cooler colors. Like, I'm sorry, but I just... I don't know about browns on roofs and it's like it's crazy to me that more people don't choose dark colors on roofs and i i just like the coolness of that midnight plum i think yeah it's like 15x roi on google ads they're crushing it the accountability is there man definitely easy is a great word to use you guys make it super easy to work with you communication is is the best that i've gotten really changed my expectations and my outlook for growth i will I'll install whatever manufacturer you want. I'll install whatever shingle you want. But if you're going to tell me that you want a red roof on a blue yeah. house or on whatever, you know, something that yeah. clashes, I will tell you because yeah. I'm coming at this from my reputation as well. And I don't want you to yeah. hate the roof I put on your house because you chose a bad color. So um, like I will push back a little bit. That's like assurance. I think like I, I always wish I could be the guy that have you like been to restoration hardware? Like I wish I could be the guy that could shop there because the, the, like basically you can't buy a bad item there. Right. There's no, like, there's nothing that will be tacky. Like you can't buy, there's no hundred dollar lamp that you could make a bad, everything in there looks good. Like in has yes. style. And that's almost what you're paying for is the assurance that you won't make a bad decision. And, and to a lesser degree, like Target versus Walmart, Target on average would be like, you're more likely you're, or you're less likely to make a bad decision style-wise. Now you could go get the same similar lamp over at Walmart, but there's also like three other lamps and you your confidence level isn't gonna be high that it's a, a nice looking. So I think in a way, if you have opinions about color, it gives assurance to the homeowner that they won't make a bad decision. If you tell them, I don't want to let you make a bad decision, like that would make me feel more confident moving forward. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other guy says, I don't care what you put on. Like, we'll make it, we'll make it not leak no matter what. Right, right. Yeah. And to me, as a woman who cares about the design aesthetic, I think that is a differentiator. Yeah. And we've actually been doing a lot of estimates right now for decking. So we're roof, we're Maven roofing and exteriors. I started a roofing company cause that's what I knew I was good at selling. But what's really interesting is that now that I'm off on my own, people want my help and my design eye for their exterior living spaces. Mm -hmm. So while we are a roofing company first, we are now also primarily a deck company. It's the yeah. most bizarre thing because a lot of the women in my network, they see what I'm capable of doing from a design perspective. So they know I'll install a really good roof and I'll help them with that. But mm -hmm. then they're coming to me now for like the aesthetic things outside of their house. So the roof is sort of our bread and butter. It's our cash flow king. Yeah. Um, but the, the decking and the outdoor living spaces, that's sort of my passion project. And gosh, I think I was on three or four deck estimates this week alone. Huh. And every Very single day, I keep getting more requests for deck estimates. Very interesting. I wish you were around us so I could get you on our deck.
Um, all right. <laughs> She's like, what? What am I supposed to do with that? Um, so, I, I okay, we talked about other lead, other lead stuff that you do. Anything else that you're, like, excited about that you, maybe people in the other, other parts of the um, country could take as possible? Because you're saying a lot of organic stuff, so you're not spending money on leads. I think that's beautiful. What else can you offer folks to create? Oh gosh, well, we could do a whole podcast on organic yeah. lead generation. Yeah. All right. So some more ideas. <laughs> um, you need to become the concierge connector of all things home services in your local market. So Ooh. if somebody says, hey, do you guys do fencing by chance? You could say, I don't handle fencing in my company, but I have phenomenal fence referral partners. Let me get you connected with A, B, and C. Make sure you have immediate connection opportunities with those companies, have them in your cell phone. Let them know that if you call, if that fence company receives your call, it's because you have a hot lead and they yeah. better take your phone call because yeah. you will give them business by making that connection. So you want to position yourself in your local market as that concierge level connector. Um, that's one idea. The second idea is that you can create, so take that concierge level connection and create your own like mini uh, magazine. So when you are meeting with homeowners, mm -hmm. you can leave behind this little magazine of home services providers that you know mm -hmm. you like and you trust. And the more you drive business to those individuals, those company owners, the more they're going to reciprocate with leads uh, back to you. So that's another really good idea. That in some ways can feel like a tangent. You know, if you're so focused on doing so many different things, you might say, yeah, Amanda, that's great. Maybe I'll wait till my slow season, but we can be slow in the middle of our busy season because the economy sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. So you should really always keep in the back of your mind that sales and lead generation should be done 12 months a year. It shouldn't yeah. only be done during your slow season because yeah, tomorrow I it can get slow for whatever reason. Yeah, I, with some of these guys that you're referring, guys and girls that you're referring, there may be some like, they would love to have your leads right now. And like, you know, like you could be their favorite person because, right? Because well, so I was talking to somebody yesterday who has consulted with Angie and Home Advisor on their um, you know, flow or whatever. And apparently set appointments through those two are like down like 70% than where they have been. And they're, they're attributing it to the slowness in the economy. We haven't seen quite those types of like drops. We definitely feel it as a lead gen company. So right. it's just kind of like, it almost like when they're talking about that, I, I've heard other anecdotes, but that one made me, it like made me feel better. Cause I was like, yeah, it's tough right now. It is a little tough right now. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone should know that that's, you're not like this insane person because the lead flow is people are, are, are anxious about money and that's coming out in purchase decisions and apprehension. Even if they reach out, they just might slow down a little bit. Right. Absolutely. So we're starting to see that a little bit in New Jersey. It's it's interesting. So I entered the construction industry during the boom of COVID. Everybody and their mother was doing construction here in New Jersey. I'm sure that's yeah. how it was all across the country. Yeah. So when I entered the industry, I only knew the constant 
you know, positive uh, increase in, in business. And mm -hmm. now I started my business in March of 2023 when <laughs> the economy was basically slowing down. Yeah, I've been told by multiple people who are our fellow roofing company owners here in New Jersey that things are really bad right now for them. And I don't know if that's the case for me, which is really interesting because mm -hmm. I haven't spent a dollar on marketing, Tim, and we're getting two or three leads a day right mm -hmm. now. Uh, the interesting thing though is between 2020 to 2022, when I was at the other company right before January of 23, I definitely saw a, a severe drop off in December of 2022 in terms of leads coming in, but then also how quickly people were making decisions. Yeah, It's almost like overnight people went from making a decision within 24 hours to taking a week or two to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And that I have found to continue, even when I started my own business, is that people are not making instantaneous decisions anymore. They're taking time to make their decisions. So I don't have an issue with inbound leads. What I'm now having an issue with is converting people from an estimate to a contract. Mm -hmm. That's my difficulty that I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, I almost, so we had an event here yesterday for Top Rep and they were they were talking about, you know, putting in the effort. They're saying essentially they kept on making them say like salespeople, they kept on saying salespeople are lazy, but we're champions or something like that. And it was, it was good and it was vibey, but I wanted to let them know, like, cause I know that sometimes new business owners come in and we think the old guys have it all figured out. And like, I just wanted to say you have a massive advantage coming in now because people they always people always say that gen z and millennials are entitled right well guess what you're in business for 30 years you get entitled you feel entitled to a certain amount of lead flow you had the last three years that felt good you feel entitled to that it's right. not always going to be the case and if you can't adapt because adaptability is the big like that's how we win, right? Adaptability. I, you know what, if this isn't working, if I, if I don't get to have as luxurious of a position as I did a couple years ago, but I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to be the, the person who does the extra above and beyond stuff. I'm willing to go out to the estimate at four 30 with the lawyer, with the big house and not say, oh, okay, let's do it next week because I'm, I'm too important. Right. To I all agree with that. that you make decisions around, there's somebody that's, and if you're an older person watching this, there's somebody younger than you. There's somebody newer in business than you. That's hungrier than you that's willing to do those things. And I'm not telling you to be a workaholic. I'm saying like, don't get too entitled. And like, as a, as a younger business, don't think that like, you don't have a massive advantage in that. That is a massive advantage because you just don't have any clear expectation about how exactly it's supposed to go because that can really hold people back. Yeah, complacency. When you get complacent and doing the same thing the same way over and over again and you were getting the same results, you get complacent. Mm -hmm. And then now I feel like people are going to have to start pivoting 
and figuring out how to generate those leads. And they don't know how, cause they've never had, you know, they never had to sort of fight for business in this climate. Maybe they started their business after 2012, you know, 2012 mm -hmm. was sort of the last really bad economic downturn. Things sort of slowed down between 2015 and 18, if I remember correctly in the real estate market. Um, but I don't think there was an economic downturn. It was just a little bit slower. So mm -hmm. if people started their business after 2012, this is probably the first time they're really experiencing um, a bad slowdown. Yeah, well, we kind of, th we kind of thought it's common, right? Like COVID first and then like, then it was weird. And it was like home services took off and then, <laughs> and then we have like, they've been, I think it's been like 10, 11 months where they've been saying like, recession, 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 recession. And now it's like, I think it's here. But I, I like the, the question is how long does that last? And then how do you pivot your lead gen efforts in the meantime to be, I would say my take is always more aggressive, get more aggressive and get happier yeah. and get, just don't, it's kind of like, don't get attached to the way it was and make sure you're moving you know, resources and effort and money towards the things that are working. Just like switch it up. Like right now would be a good time to just shake the Etch-a-Sketch and be like, all right, now what's working now for real? And let's move yeah. our resources and time and effort into that instead of two years ago, this worked. Wow. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I, think I also about. think Tim that people have to be willing to hire hungry salespeople um, that don't so Amanda, come from this industry. You were saying, People need to be able to take They need to be open to hiring salespeople, hungry salespeople that are not from this industry. And what, why I say that in relation to what we were just talking about is that I think the natural desire for a company owner is to not have to train somebody, you know, because they're so busy mm -hmm. doing five other things every single day that training somebody is just going to take time. But if you are, if you're that person wondering where more leads come from, you know, how do I generate more leads? You should really look into hiring a salesperson who is hungry that doesn't come from the industry because they're going to bring a completely different perspective on how to generate business. And yeah. I think that too many times roofing business owners only want to hire experienced roofing salespeople. But if their roofing salespeople are using the same strategies that they've always used to generate business and they're not generating business, then that's a really bad hire. So mm. I hope that when people listen to this, they start looking outside the industry and start hiring for personality and uh, become willing to train for industry knowledge. Mm. I agree. I love that. I appreciate that. And I, you know, the, a lot of these amazing roofing company owners that I look up to like Martin Pettigrew, like essentially like he was like always recruiting. He looks like, like server every time he has a server, he's looked, he's thinking about it. You know, people like that are recruiting all the time in yep. every industry and just looking for people with drive. Yeah. Like I learned a lot from Martin at his conference in 2021 and from Mark yep. as well. And the the person that we just hired into our team comes from the restaurant industry as well. Love I that. I spent time in the restaurant industry. Um, I put <laughs> I put Joe through a disc assessment to see what type of personality he had, and he and I have almost identical 
disc personalities on the, the D and the I side, um, almost indistin in, indistinguishable. That's so true. when I saw that, yeah. I was like, you're hired. Right. <laughs> I will train, I will train you. I'll teach you everything you need to know about the industry. But if you've got a high D and a high I combination, you are almost certainly going to succeed in this industry. I love that. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate you joining. It's not a super long podcast normally, but I really appreciate your time. Um, it's a it's a pleasure chatting with you. Um, where can people go check out your company? Social, uh, Facebook, it's just Maven Roofing and Exteriors. And if you wanted to check out our website, it's mavennjfornewjersey.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks, Tim. It was a pleasure. Good to see you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.